Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. has stated, um, we are in the series on the heroes of faith, noted in Hebrews 11, where we're looking at many of the faithful people found in the Old Testament, and we're highlighting God's role and his faithfulness um, to, to them. And this week, as you know, we're, um, I'll be speaking about Moses, who was a man chosen by God to lead the escape from Egypt, to hand down the law, the Ten Commandments, and to shepherd the children of Israel to the gates of the Promised Land. My hope today is that you'll be stirred and strengthened in your faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to start, um, I wanted to start by encouraging each of you, as Hugh has shared, um, to definitely join a connect group, to get connected in a connect group. Um, because even as I share um, on Moses today, a lot of what I'm going to share, it, can, it directly ties with what our group has been talking about, um, which, which has been the names of God. Um, and so um, we're trusting that, so through this talk, we're trusting that, oh, and, and through joining a connect group, we're trusting that many of you will strengthen your relationship with the Lord and which, with each other um, through, the, through this um, way. Um, so particularly, we've been talking about um, God's name, Yahweh. And this, this name was first revealed, he, was, he first revealed himself as I am that I am in Exodus 3, when he revealed himself to Moses and sent Moses to do as he instructed. Um, Most of us know about Moses, but let's open our text at Hebrews 11 regarding Moses from the heroes of faith. Hebrews 11, verses 23 through 24. It reads, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he was was born a Hebrew under the oppression of the king, um, the Pharaoh of the Egyptians, who had decided and ordered that every newborn Hebrew be thrown into the Nile. But his mother hid him for a few months before placing him in a basket in the Nile River, where he was found and adopted by the pharaohs, the king's daughter. On the one hand, here's a man who was born under the slavery of the Egyptians, and he was aware of the experience of his own people who toiled long hours in the scorching sun, making bricks or working in the harvest. But then his life changed completely, and in an instant became royalty in the king's palace, We've heard him famously referred to as the Prince of Egypt. He was raised as a prince in the Pharaoh's palace, a fine palace. We can imagine it was adorned with elaborate arts or statues with beautiful gardens. He was clothed in fine linen, expensive oils, protected by soldiers and guards eating the finest foods and offered the best education. Though he was born under the oppression of the Egyptians, he now had attained the highest level of culture. He had every comfort available to man. He lived in the sheltered confines of the palace. And 
um, I'm sure he grew to appreciate the art and activities of the capital and of his, his um, life. But alone and out of place, Moses, Moses wondered why he should live in such luxury while his people suffered the misery of oppression. One day, while passing through the site of the builders, he was alerted to the mistreatment of his people and saw an overseer brutally beating an exhausted Hebrew slave. In his passion to stand up for the Israelites that suffered under the oppression of the Egyptians, we know the story. He was infuriated, quickly looked around to be sure no one was watching, and then revenged the Egyptian to death and hurried away and hid in the wilderness. Moses saw the wickedness of the Egyptians, and he stepped down out of royalty of the king's palace and heirship in the worldly kingdom and chose to stand up for the Israelites. In doing this, he renounced a royal position in Egypt, the highest rank in the world at that time. Verse 20, verses 25 through 26 says, Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. Here we see that Moses paid a price to stand with the people of God. He preferred to suffer affliction with God's people rather than have the temporary enjoyment of sin. The enjoyment in Egypt, that is the enjoyment of pleasures in the world, which is sinful in the eyes of God. It's temporary, short-lived, and fleeting. We'll learn through the story of Moses that our Lord Jesus, Yahweh, has so much to offer his people of the, the signs, the wonders, the redemption, and miraculous provision that he offers. We'll continue in our text um, in verse 27. And it reads, By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He confronted he confronted evil, then separated himself from the wickedness of the king's people. But there, where he was separated, God spoke to him, and God called him. God spoke to Moses at a burning bush that was not consumed. He had separated Moses so that he could hear him, so he could hear God's voice. God called him and his brother to lift up their voices against the prevailing errors and sins of the multitude. They were alone against the king and princes, the magicians, the wise men, and the multitude of Egypt. When God answered the cry of the Israelites to be delivered from the hand of the Egyptians, he spoke to Moses that he would use him to bring the people out of bondage and into a land flowing with milk and honey. What an amazing promise um, God offers for his people. Moses was so excited for his mission, he was electrified his, and filled with zeal. Faith, our faith starts out that way. It starts out certain. Isn't that like us? God gives us a new mission, fresh vision, a new assignment. We're ready to go thinking of the wonderful things we'll accomplish and how, how exciting it will be. But this was followed by discouragement for Moses when Pharaoh increased the burden of the people and did not let them go. But the awesome thing is that God repeated his promise. When you believe that God fulfills his promise, even when you don't see evidence, this is the testament of our faith. Sometimes the afflictions you endure are meant to strengthen your zeal for God, enforce your faith in him. It pushes you to him. We need to say, let me try Jesus and give him everything. So Moses did as he was called. He went back to Egypt and delivered the Hebrews out, of, out with miracles, signs, and wonders supernatural provision and victories at battle. 
This story of Moses allows us to highlight a few traits that caused Moses to stand out in faith. Number one, he was called and set apart to God. Number two, he had faith in the unseen God. In John 20, 29, Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Number three, his meekness. Meekness is defined as the attitude or quality of heart whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone else. Numbers 12 and 3 says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people, all the people who were on the face of the earth. Moses had no room to make independent decisions. He had to depend on God for every detail. And this was completely opposite of how he reacted before his, um, his, his moment with God. We have to find ourselves dependent on God. This is the life God can use for his purpose. Everything he did was initiated by God. In order to be used by God, we need to have a heart for him and his interests, but our natural strength must be set aside. Moses had the best training that Egypt could offer, but yet he needed to rely on the strength of God. No matter how strong we think we are, we need to depend on the Lord's strength. No matter how eloquent or talented or educated we may be, God wants to use someone who can depend on and rely on him. Next, Moses was faithful. Numbers 12 and 7 says, My servant Moses is faithful in all my house. We know from Exodus 40 and 16, Moses did according to all that the Lord commanded him, so he did. He led the Israelites out of Egypt. He led them onto dry ground across the sea, led them into victorious battles, set up the Ark of the Covenant, set up the rod for healing, called down provision and manna from heaven. Earlier on in this series on the heroes of faith, we learned about, we learned about Noah. We learned that Noah trusted God and was obedient to him, though he had to give up his own time give up his plans and resources, he accepted and fulfilled God's mission for him through faith. Then we learn from Abraham that God provides all that we need and fulfills his word of provision. When one has faith in God, they know without a doubt he'll keep his promises. They live and like Noah make choices based on the unseen reality of the promise and the future home in heaven. They persevered in their faith despite pain, hardship, or persecution because they were convinced that the unseen God is with them. Are we convinced that God is with us? Our faith in God is what makes all the difference. Faith is what brought Moses through the hardship of the ten plagues. It's what allows us to endure the trials that we face. This story of Moses also helps us understand who God is. Number one, he is Yahweh, the Lord. Um, so it's so awesome. The last time we were in prayer, um, I just felt the, the, uh, we had prayer on Wednesday, a Wednesday night, and I just felt the Lord say Yahweh. And I went home, looked it up, not knowing that in our connect group we would talk about Yahweh. Who, you know, and then the next week, we, the next time we talked about Yahweh, Nisi, God is our banner. Um, it's, the texts have a very hard time of actually defining what Yahweh is because Yahweh is, um, is translated as the Lord. And this is a title, as we know, but Yahweh, the, the term Yahweh 
um, when God used this word, he said, I am that I am. And this is a form of be. Am is a form of to be. So we have to believe that God is and, and was all that we need him to be. Um, when the people needed a deliverer, he was a deliverer. When they needed bread, he provided manna from heaven. When they needed meat, he provided quail and meat from the sea. When, when they needed him to be a redeemer, he redeems. When you need a counselor, he'll be a counselor. When you need to be made alive, he gives us new life. He revives and refreshes us. He was to the Israelites all that they needed him to be, and he's the same God. He'll be your light in a dark tunnel. He'll be your healer when you need healing. Yahweh is all that you need him to be. Um, this term Yahweh, it also, so in that, we can understand that Yahweh defines his nature, his identity, and his character in relation to us and in our relationship with him. It's a personal relationship with him. He is a covenantal God who keeps his promise. So when the word says that he is, you know, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, that's who God is. He, he who was and is and is to come. God had revealed himself to Moses and made a covenant with the people of Israel. The Lord promised to give the Israelites a land and a prosperous future if they would give him their steadfast love and abide by his laws and commandments. Number two, God grants us assurance. Even in his name, we can be assured of who God is. God assured Moses that the children of Israel would be delivered out of the Egyptian bondage. God said, I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will rescue you from the bondage of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. He assured Moses not only that he would bring the children of Israel out of bondage and that they would be his people, but he says, I am the Lord. I am who I am. Tell them I am has sent you, has sent me to you. These words are so powerful when the Lord told Moses to tell them that I am has sent me to you. In Exodus, um, yeah, Moses questioned. He said, who do I tell them has sent me? And that's when God went to explain that he is Yahweh. He said, go and get the elders. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, <clears throat> has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the des desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. After that, he will let you go. The knowledge of God's proper name implies a covenantal relationship, his saving power in the lives of his people. So we see that Yahweh is much more than the title of Lord. In this chapter, Yahweh will forever mean deliverance, freedom, promise, and power. God's people could not invoke his name without remembering what it was like to walk through the parted waters of the Red Sea and to receive the commandments of Sinai and the provision that God gave them. The amazing events of Exodus defined who Yahweh was in extraordinary detail. 
is Yahweh, Israel's faithful, wonder-working God, the one who out of pity and love reached into human history to untie the bonds of an enslaved people. That was the name by which God wanted to be known forever. May you remember God by the saving acts that he has done in your life and how he gave you salvation, brought you through amazing victories, provides graciously for you, and fulfills the plans and desires of your heart. In Psalms one, Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord Yahweh, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He made his way known to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord Yahweh is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord Yahweh has compassion on those who fear him. Today, this is God's covenant with us, and we can be assured of that. This is taking place today, not according to our plan, but according to his words. Pay attention to his words of assurance. May we also acknowledge our need for him. We have a full assurance of faith. And this is where I want to highlight the importance of us gathering together and being part of a connect group. Hebrews 10, through 24 says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. He is Yahweh, and we can be assured of who God is, and we can have confidence in him. So this brings us to our, um, our point that he gives us confidence. Confidence is to know that he is with us. It's the feeling or belief that we can rely on someone or something. It's a firm trust. Deuteronomy 12, 8 and 9 says, The Lord, Yahweh, will establish you as a people holy to himself, as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give you rain to your land, and its season to bless and to bless the works of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36 and 38 says, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. But my righteous one shall live by faith. The verses continue with um, the just shall, shall live by faith and they will not, we will not shrink back. For me, this confidence is also the absence of fear. It's the opposite of fear. It's having faith. He's inviting us to trust him and to stand in confidence. Even as Moses, before Moses began his journey, he, he as you has mentioned earlier, he stuttered. But he could, by the time God had trained him and he had... Um, been separated to God and spoke with God. He had full confidence in who God was 
and he was able to, um, to be used by God. Let's take a look at Proverbs 3 and 26. The Lord Yahweh will be your confidence and will keep your foot from, from being caught. I want to end with this. Lastly, God is faithful. We can be confident in God when we understand that Jesus is never failing. We can't hold our confidence in God until we can see and understand who he is. We can be confident in God's name, God's covenant, God's word of assurance, his strong hand, and his faithfulness. I want to invite you to maintain your confidence in him, to put your trust in him. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.